You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. That sound you just heard is the beginning uh, of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. <laughs> the beginning of the end. We are in the end times, everybody. Uh, we are in the end times. It is an apocalypse happening right now. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, uh, everybody. Um, we're here, um, all three co-founders today on the podcast. It's good to yeah. have uh, Hardman and uh, Matt, both of you guys. Hey, guys. Thanks. Hey, podcast in with us. world. Um, hey, friends, we're starting a new series today. I wanted to introduce it real quick to you. Um, it's on spiritual formation. We don't have a fancy name for it, but we're going to do mm-hmm. five or six podcasts specifically on spiritual formation. Yeah. Um, and uh, Matt, uh, what's spiritual formation? Why, well, <laughs> why would we want to? Why, why do we, we, do we care? Why, why, why are we doing this? this? Yeah. We started Gravity Leadership because we saw the need to. Uh, take the formation of leaders' lives seriously, and that, um, to quote Dallas Willard, the greatest crisis facing the American church today are church leaders whose character can't bear their gifting. And so uh, we experienced and experienced that firsthand, uh, not only in our own mistakes in ministry, but from leaders who've led us. And so uh, about two months ago, I said to you guys, I said, hey, we we started Gravity Leadership to form the life and heart and desires of a leader so that they could lead in the way of Jesus. And we've never mm. done a series on our podcast about formation. So maybe, mm. we, maybe we could do that. <laughs> maybe we should do a series on the podcast about what we do. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we, we take we, we yeah. tend to bend everything towards formation that we do here, right? right? So all our series kind of tend to... its way through everything. Yeah. yeah. But then we decided to curate a list of people that have been helpful to us, maybe voices you yeah. haven't heard before. Uh, and today we're having a Franciscan monk. No, actually, this is <laughs> this is uh, that's next week. <laughs> we're well, doing the Franciscan monk today. No, 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 no. We're wrong intro, man. So, yeah, wrong intro. We're going to do that one next. But that's a great uh, preview of coming attractions because next week uh, we are interviewing a Franciscan monk. 
So Wait, stay I'm, tuned. I am so one of the Who, who are we can, talking can about this week, this Today, friends, uh, we're talking <laughs> with... Do we need to restart this intro? Or, or no, this we, intro... We never, is, we never restart this, things. This, this, this intro is don't fine. restart? This is fine. Uh, we're interviewing Jem and Alan Fadling. Oh, not Franciscans, but still super dope. They're really great. Yeah. 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 They are they wrote spiritual a book. directors. And they wrote a they book. They are spiritual directors. And we we found some mutual connections um, as we were talking. Seems like all the spiritual directors know each other. Uh, yeah, and we've got do. a couple in our church uh, who um, knew who these guys were. This was a this was just a fun, it was a great interview. Um, yeah, and the really, thing about really fantastic. The thing about their books about how to uh, how to ask good questions, in particular, like seven or eight questions that God asks of us and that we can ask uh, in prayer with God. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we do in our uh, Gravity Leadership Academy is train people on how to ask good questions. And yes. so uh, this book is obviously a great resource for that. Yeah. And uh, I just felt, I feel like I have a word for them that they should become Franciscan monks. I feel like <laughs> yeah, this is just hitting me. Conflated in your mind must be the Lord. <laughs> must happening. be the Lord. Yes. Well, anyway, uh, friends, um, we are always starting Gravity Leadership Academy cohorts. That is kind of the place where we do this work. I mean, the reason we started, uh, as Matt said, is is to focus on the formation of the leader. I think that yeah. not enough work uh, is done in that realm. I think we we train leaders to do a lot of um, a lot of sort of tactical engagement, a lot of results oriented work, but um, the work on the soul of a leader and the heart uh, of a leader are not uh, often focused on. So that's, that's what that ends up happening. Yeah. yeah that's what ends I don't up know about you guys, but the, the last few months, the work that I've been doing in coaching has just felt like every time, like this is really needed mm-hmm. right now. Like the people yeah. that are in the cohorts right now, there's really good fruit happening and pastors are tired mm-hmm. and their souls are weary and they mm-hmm. need formation right now. What we don't mm-hmm. need is a, is a book written on the tactics of how to engage in this stuff. What we need is soul care and, and mm-hmm. we need deep leaders who are going to deep places with the father. And yeah. so I just felt like I, I did a cohort yesterday and I just, at the end of it, I just said, thank you, Lord. Like this is, mm. this is good work that we're doing here. Mm. And I'm thankful that I get to be a part of it. So I, I, I don't know, just feeling grateful guys. It's, it's good stuff. That's good. Yeah. Me too, man. That, that resonates. So friends, right. there's always a link in the show notes. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, we're always starting uh, new cohorts. We just sort of collect people and interest as, as, uh, as you write into us. And then we have conversations and as soon as we get a a quorum we go. So enjoy this interview uh, with yep. Jeff and Jem and Alan. Who are not Franciscan monks. Not Franciscan, <laughs> but wonderful spiritual directors. Jem and Alan. Fadling, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Thanks. Well, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's good to have you guys here. Um, for our audience, why don't you just uh, introduce yourselves a little bit? Where do you live? What do you get up to? What's your life all about? Well, where we live is beautiful, sunny Southern California. We're mm. in uh, Mission Viejo, if that means anything to anyone. Yeah. And uh, 
of course, our favorite thing to do is go to the beach. What else are you going to do here? It's sunny and 70 right now. (laughs) This podcast brought to you by the state of California. (laughs) (laughs) So on lockdown, beaches are closed. Yeah, we've been really sad for two Uh, months here. Yeah, it's not Uh, been the same. Yeah. Yeah, Too bad you don't live in Florida. You could be with 3,000 other people on a beach. (laughs) Daytona Beach. I guess we could do that. (laughs) Well, they tried that a little uh, north of us, and the governor shut them down. Oh, really? We're shut for a while. Not messing around in California. Yeah. Yeah. No. We're just south of LA County, which, of course, alongside New York, is one of the bigger uh, places of concern. So, you know, we haven't had as challenging an experience where we're at, but we're close enough to the place that is. That it's impacting totally. us a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys get up to there? Uh, I know you uh, lead an organization called Unhurried Living. Um, what's that all about? Well, it, it really isn't an, uh, an organization focused on helping leaders live and lead in the spirit of Jesus' unhurried way. We really mm-hmm. think that there's a way to slow down to the pace of grace, to the pace of peace, to the pace of love all of which is far less hurried than our normal cultural paces. And that's ministry cultures right alongside just the Mm. culture of the world around us. So Mm. that's what we've sought to live out. And that's what our training is rooted in. We really think that there's a kingdom pace of life that we would love to see Christian leaders learn to live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we often refer to. I think it's a it's a phrase from Dallas Willard uh, that busy is a matter of calendar and hurry is a matter of soul. And so, some people think when w- they hear the word unhurried that we're telling everybody to you know walk at half pace and do half <laughs> as much and sit around. Yeah. Uh, we actually believe that an unhurried way produces a sustainable, um, vibrant way of leading. Mm, yes. And so that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so it's an inner posture. It's yeah. your, it's your attitude with which you go about your, the tasks of your day, even if there are a lot of them in a day. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, we could talk about that for a long time too. I, <laughs> I, uh, Dallas Willard uh, has been a huge influence on me personally, but also yes. all of us that lead uh, at Gravity. And so I, I read, I resonated, I recognized a lot of what he ha- ha- talks about there. Um, I, re- I haven't heard that quote before. I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, I also. Uh, thought of a, his quote. I think was I think it was him that said, "Ruthlessly, ruthlessly eliminate hurry yep. from your life." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that was really- uh, that was really one of the two or three seeds of my first book, "An Unhurried Life." Okay. You know, he said that to John Ortberg when John was getting ready to join the staff at Willow. Oh, is and that what it was? So okay. that was like spiritual direction, and yeah. you know, John's response to that comment was, "Oh, that's a great one, Dallas. You got anything else for me?" And Dallas said, no, if you do that, I think you'll be just fine. Right. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Spend a few minutes working on that one. You know, it's, yeah. Focus there. I think you'll yeah, be yeah. Or your whole yeah. life. Yeah, or your whole life. Yeah. That speaks to two things. The centrality of that statement is important. Yeah. And the humility of Dallas Willard to not dazzle John Ortberg with his 10,000 other statements that he had. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's totally true. It, it, yeah. it really is. Yes. Yeah. I miss Dallas. Yeah. I feel like I say that every month. Oh, we do too. His spirit, his way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a cry. Um, you guys (laughs) pull pull yourself together. We're trying to do an interview here. I'm crying about Dallas Willard. What are you guys doing to me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
what we want to talk about is this book you guys have written called What Does Your Soul Love? And um, I, my soul loves this book. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I want to say this book resonates so strongly with the work that we do yes. um, at, at Gravity. Our, our training teaches, one of the fundamental things that people learn when they come through our training is uh, to practice some compassionate, curious awareness of their inner world. What's happening in me right now? Mm -hmm. Why am I agitated? What's going on here? You know, and 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 that being the reason is that that is a gateway into learning what God is up to in me, around me, through me, um, and and that that's a gateway into our own transformation, but also the transformation of systems, cultures, you know, um, every, everyone around us. Um, so anyway, so we resonate really strongly with it. Mm -hmm. This book is. Um, uh, basically, it's structured around eight questions that reveal God's work in you. These are really powerful questions. It's filled with stories and, you know, exercises. Um, it's 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 excellent. It's a great book. Um, and I, I see in these questions you teaching people to tend to what is real in their lives rather than pay more attention to what's actually happening than to what you feel like you should be doing. Hmm. Right. Um, I wonder. Uh, I wonder why that is. Like, why Why is that? How would you guys describe the importance of that? Like, Because I think a lot of us as leaders, we have this sense of duty, right? We have this sense of, I should be. Um, we're, you know, we're good boys, we good girls. We want to, like, do the right things. And so it feels righteous to pay attention to what we should be doing. Why the focus on what is really happening? Like, what, what does that open up for us? Yeah, well, man, as you're asking that question, I can feel my brain going, like, you know, 10 different ways because <laughs> yeah. I love these conversations about yes. change and transformation. It's just my mm. favorite thing to talk about. And, hmm. um, well, you can only move forward from where you actually are, right? It's so simple. Like you yeah. can only okay. do something now. So this has everything to do with presence. And most of us don't live in the present we're regretting the past or worrying about the future and carrying around all this stuff with us all the time. But if you can stop and actually notice hmm. and not run from or deny or push down what's happening. I mean, do you get, am I the only one that does this? Hmm. I, <laughs> you know, at least in this room, so, you're not. Gemma. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, no know, yeah. It's difficult work for us. Right. It's hard. And we'd, it, we'd rather numb or deny or not yeah. look at, but looking at something square in the eye is quite brave. I understand that, but it is one of the first steps to making our way forward. Where are you now? What's happening now? Mm -hmm. And then you can discern and move. And yeah. I think, um, and maybe just another way to say the very same thing Jim has said is that, you know, this, this, what should be in, in this deep, instinct to plan and to strategize, you know, in a subtle way, it, it puts us in the future. It has yeah. us trying to live future lives. And of course you need to plan. And of course you need to think strategically. All of that's sure. true, but you can only live in the present. You can mm. only interact with people in the present. You can only experience grace in the present this moment is the moment we have to live. And so many of our strategies uh, for living as leaders don't have us rooted in the present moment where God is, where the work God's entrusted to us is, where the people we are to serve happen to be. So that's mm -hmm. why we think it's so important to pay attention to the moment now, to what's happening in me, to how God may be present to me, 
to the opportunities that present themselves to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of our axioms, um, kind of foundational uh, truths about God and his universe that that we train people in uh, says that God is so real. He most fully meets us right where we really are. So it's kind of a very similar statement to what you've said. And I, you know, uh, Jem, you mentioned that, um, uh, that it's easier to numb. It's easier to distract ourselves. It's, it's difficult and uh, brave, but difficult work to pay attention to what's happening in us. And I, I remember the sentence from your book. I'm just going to read it, ask you guys to comment on it. A kingdom transformation approach brings what is ugly. I think this is why it's hard, is because when we start to pay attention to what's real, we find ugliness, right? We find bad things in there. <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm irritated or bitter or angry or, yeah. you know, that's not right. I'm not, sh- I shouldn't be, f- I shouldn't feel these things, right? There's the should word again. Yeah. So your, your quote says this, a kingdom transformation approach brings what is ugly out into the open where it can be forgiven, cleansed, healed, transformed. Do you guys have any other thoughts about why, like, why is it so hard for, if that's what's available, healing, cleansing, transformation, um, forgiveness, um, what is it that holds us back from getting real about what, what's actually happening in us? If that's what's actually available, what are our fears? What, what, what do you guys see that holds us back from being able to confess those things? Yeah, well, I think even just the list you made, we, and you're probably already alluding to this, we just lose track. We, we hmm. lose track of or lose touch with or don't know or don't think about that outcome. It's whatever this is here that we're that is raising its ugly head, shall we say. It yeah. just seems like it's clouding any vision we could have for what moving past mm. it would be. So we get overwhelmed by this. Yeah. So part of the inner work is to learn to... Um, not be so afraid mm-hmm. of what you're seeing mm-hmm. and um, to allow yourself to be in it long enough to do something about it. That's the part that's hard because as soon as we see it, most of us want to escape. Yeah. And I think as leaders, um, we have been formed by we must look good in front of the people. So we have an added oh, yeah. challenge to being honest. Mm-hmm. In, even in the presence of God, because we've become accustomed to looking right in front of a community, at least many have. Yeah. And so we've been formed by shame. We've been formed by people pleasing. And these things end up shaping the way we even interact with God. But the opportunity yeah. is to have a vision of God who is, in fact, loving and who delights in mercy, who who longs to be gracious who pays an immense price to be forgiving. Mm. This is an indicator of what God wants. And as my vision of God becomes more sort of gracious in this way, then suddenly I realize it's safe to bring anything that's in me into the presence Mm. of this kind of God. And Mm. that actually might be my greatest gift to the community I lead. Yeah, the vulnerability of of actually sharing your real self. Yeah, it's almost like uh, what you're saying is if you know that the universe's greatest surgeon is at is is wait is waiting to be with you, why would you not bring any and every ailment to him? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why, why not tell him about? Well, yeah. And my elbow hurts. You know. <laughs> oh, and, you know like, and by the way. By yeah, the way, the list right, actually, if you want to, yeah. if you want to get into as it, as long as I have you here, yeah. <laughs> It's so true. No, yeah. 
I, I feel like for me, I had to change, and Dallas Willard helped me with this, uh, reading The Divine Conspiracy and some of his other books. I feel like I had to change my relationship to to the concept of transformation. Your book is all about transformation. And, you know, first of all, like, I, and I heard you just say this, Alan, that for transformation to be possible, we have to believe that we're encountering a loving God. We have to believe that the God we're going to encounter is not somebody who's going to shame us, punish us, be harsh with us. It's someone who is going to, who already knows this, all this stuff about us and is longing to forgive and heal and cleanse. Um, and then I, I also think that the some of the good news we need to hear about transformation is that it actually is possible. That I think that's a lie that a lot of us believe is it's not really worth it because does anybody really change? You know what I mean? Like I'm just I feel like I'm going to struggle with this forever. It's always going to be like this. Um, so I don't know. I guess I, I wonder for. for I'm just realizing I had to change my relationship to transformation, where it had to it had to move from something. That was that I was in charge of. That I had to recruit God into this project. Your project, yeah. You know, and and that's when it felt impossible because it just never seemed to get any better. But there's this surrender I had to, and you know, I had to believe that God cared about this more than I do. And um, so I, I don't know. I wonder if you guys could could talk a little bit about that. Like the just the, like what are the mechanics? I don't know. That may be a bad word for it, but like <laughs> the process of transformation. How is it not me pulling myself up by my bootstraps, trying harder? getting better at loving my kids and being a good pastor. And how is it not that? Right. Well, there's a few, there's a couple of scriptures that come to mind immediately for me that I've been living with really concertedly, probably since, since we wrote the book. Um, but one of them is Acts 17. It says in him, we live and move and have our being. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could only know that verse and make tons of headway, right? <laughs> in yeah. life. In yeah. him, and this, again, how many times um, are we going to say the name Dallas Willard today? I don't know, but. <laughs> Let's just go with it. Let's find somebody later can count it up for us. Remember, I remember one of his illustrations was um, that God is as close to you as the, you know, the air against your cheek. Mm. Yeah. In the air against my cheek. It's like a fish in the water, right? Yeah. In him, we live and move and have our being. So I think part of this is, again, there's starting with a vision or an idea, um, a deeper belief maybe in who God actually is. Mm-hmm. And the verse I like to put along with that is another famous one, um, Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm. He began the work. He will carry it on to completion. Mm. Right, yeah. so, and somehow in there, there's this beautiful promise of God's work in our lives, and then that mystery is how do we cooperate with that? That's the big question, then, isn't it? Yes. And that's one of the reasons we wrote the book. Um, okay. We're hoping these questions help you learn how to be cooperating with what God is doing because He's yeah. inviting you into your own actual life. That's yep. where it's all. Yes. Yeah, so, so maybe speak a little bit then about the pedagogy of questions, okay. and how and how questions do different work in us than didactic propositions. Right, and I think that becomes really key. I think of my own training as a leader. I think of my early mentoring in church leadership settings. I think of my seminary training, and basically, questions were for answering. Period. Yep. Questions are for answering. And so I'm a good pastor 
Someone asks me a question, I give an answer, we're done, we move on. But there are questions that you can't just answer. You have to live with them. You have to lean mm. into them. And if you look at the eight questions that frame this book, these are not the kind of questions you just look at, spend 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, answer it. Good. I'm glad I dealt with the old fear question. <laughs> Done with that now. Never will have to deal with that again. Yeah. The first question is, what is the chief end of man? It, it's not those <laughs> kinds of questions. It's not those kinds of questions that have. How many sons did Noah have? <laughs> right. Or especially um, not one of those kind of questions. Yeah, but I just think that's um, I have grown more from questions than from answers. I have mm. been stretched more. A question I almost think Jesus prefers to ask questions because it keeps us close. If He mm. gave us answers, we grab them and run off and do something with them. Mm. But I think He often asks questions because He has a bias for relationship and He wants to keep us close. And mm. questions often keep us coming back. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. I, I would just like to read, um, I'm just going to read the questions that you guys put in this book. I, I think it would be great for people to get an idea of the kinds of questions you guys are talking about and the kinds of questions um, that, that help us to stay close to Jesus. Um, so uh, the first question is about desire. It's what do you really want? And I want to come back to this one here in a second. What second question is what is getting in your way? It's a question of resistance. Third question is where are you hiding? Question of vulnerability. Fourth question is what is most real to you? Question of truth. And then the question of pain, how are you suffering? And then the question of fear, what are you afraid of? The question of control, what are you clinging to? And the question of joy, what does your soul love? Which, of course, is the title of the book. So those, those are the questions. Um, and I, man, I just, I feel like it's a spiritual exercise to just ask them out loud and just think like, oh, gosh, where does my, where does my soul go when I hear those we questions? We do, too, still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need these questions. Yeah. They're powerful. They're really powerful. Um, but maybe by way of example, that first question, what do I really want? This is one that we come back to a lot uh, in our training. We've got, you know, helping leaders tend to, the, to what they really want, um, you know, as a gateway into transformation. Um, Jim, you, you tell the story at the beginning of that chapter um, about a very simple, cause I think sometimes we ask this question, what do I want? I think it's like, oh, I want to like live for Jesus and I really want to be effective in my ministry. It, we have these big, you know, kind of wants, but it's also really helpful to pay attention to like little things, like daily things, little habits. And so anyway, you tell a story about a very simple want that I think is very relatable in Coronatide here um, <laughs> as people are hanging out at home. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you is tell this story? About do you mind? Food? 
It is about food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. I, I just feel like this was a lovely little meditation yeah. on how powerful uh, and like this question can be a simple, you know, question to answer and how powerful it is to just pay attention to those things. Yeah. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah. So there's, there's levels okay. of answers, right? To, right. To that question. What do you want? Well, I want pizza. So that's one yeah. level of an answer. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to be loved. I mean, that's another mm-hmm. level of an answer. But um, when I was writing this book, what what's happening as I'm aging is my body is changing. That happens to all of us. No big surprise. Um, but for most of my life, I've been able to pretty much eat whatever I want and get away with it. Yeah. Until now, now mm-hmm. meaning the last whatever, five, eight years. And I had to start thinking about food in a way I never did before. And let me tell you, it's been a push me, pull you situation <laughs> because I, my taste buds want one thing, mm-hmm. but my body is rebelling and I've mm-hmm. never had to deal with that. So I just talked about that a bit. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want donuts and yes, I want Cheetos with sour cream. Those are my favorite snacks. Okay. But what do I really want? When I was trying to make a change for my health, my well-being, my body, I couldn't just say I shouldn't eat donuts anymore. That's not enough. It was not an engine, right? I had to dig deeper and I had to keep asking, what do I really want until I could? And so I came up, my phrase at the time was something about, I actually do want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I want to have the energy to live this vibrant life that God has gifted me with right now. We're in our 50s and it's like it we're on full throttle. It's mm-hmm. an amazing season. I'd mm-hmm. love to have the energy to keep up with that. I also want to play. I don't have grandchildren yet, but I want to play with my grandchildren. You know, so I I it's kind of coming back to that idea of vision again. What do I really want? Yeah. Okay, now if I think about I want to be vibrantly healthy and able to travel and able to do all the stuff we do, that will get me going in a long-term way. As opposed yeah. to that um, legal- I shouldn't want. I shouldn't want to eat Cheetos and sour cream, yeah. but I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I just go around and around and around on that. Yeah. Getting yeah. nowhere. Yeah, so different levels of, of desire, and that, that can be really helpful. I, I think- I think um, the other thing that I um, found really helpful about the way you narrated that was that underneath the desire to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, there's there's also something under there as well, where that's oftentimes, you know, a cover for anxiety, mm. right? Like, we're, yeah. you know, there's, there is such a thing. Almost everybody understands there's stress eating. That's a thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm not eating because my body is desiring nourishment. I'm eating because it feels better to fill my mouth with this flavor than it does to feel the pain of this anxiety that I'm feeling that I have no control over. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. I I think that's, that's part of why that becomes such a important question. Not just, not just because it's in our book, but you know, that's a classic spiritual formation question. Yes. And again, in my own early formation as a leader, most of my formation was about, this is what you should want. This is what you shouldn't want. If you want what you shouldn't want, don't tell us about it because that's not <laughs> yeah. that doesn't help anything. Just yeah. want the other thing. Right. And what I found is the only way my desires get transformed is if I bring them into the light. Yeah. 
Come on. And be honest mm. in the presence of God with them. And if I want, if there's a wanter in me wanting something not good or not healthy or not mm -hmm. helpful to somebody else, pretending I don't want that, at least in the in that moment, doesn't change it. Yeah. Um, you know, if I hide it in the dark, it just grows like, you know, fungus mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. But if yeah, I bring get... it to the light. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. Sorry. No, you if bring... I bring it in the light, it's transformed. And so I I begin to realize desire was God's idea all along. It's mm. a good thing. It's holy energy to move me in directions. And I sometimes will ask myself when I find my desires having been hooked in some way that doesn't help. I sometimes find myself praying, God, what was this supposed to be? What did mm. you mean this to be? Because I clearly, I've found a way to make it into something you didn't mean it to be. Because it's not bringing life or peace. It's not enabling me to live a loving life with you, or with the people around me. What was this supposed to be? Hmm. That's helped. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I, I really like thinking about desire as a holy, how'd you put it? A holy energy. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, a God-given capacity. Um, yeah, that moves me. We can't we, we can't get rid of it, and we shouldn't get rid of it. It's actually part of what it means to be alive and to be human is to want stuff. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, it's, and it's a matter of aiming that. I mean, this is uh, Jamie Smith. Um, in You Are What You Love talks about this, but aiming yeah. it in the right direction, learning to aim, the desire in and of itself is usually for something. Most of us, and this is Willard again, most of us aren't, um, most of us want to do the right thing. Most of us are trying to be good. Mm -hmm. Like most of us are, you know what I mean? Like, and our desire for that has just been unfortunately hijacked by lies about how to get those things. Mm. Yep. You know, yes. so we talk about belonging, security, and significance as some of the like the deep needs that we as humans have. And most of our sin and most of the bad stuff that we want is actually we're desiring a good thing. We just think it's going to come through this route. If everybody in the church just thought I was great, you know, then then I would fulfill this need for belonging, you know, yeah. or if I just had a little bit more money then I'd be secure. Um, so that, that's real. I think that's similar to what you're saying there, Alan, in terms I of think so. um, how was this? Uh, how did you put it? How, how was this? What was this supposed to be? What was, yeah. What did you mean for this to be? Is this yeah. beautiful? Mm. Yeah. Can I, can I riff off of what you were just saying? I can't Please. remember the three words you said, belonging and what was security it? Security and significance, belonging, security, significance. Yeah. Um, Father Thomas Keating. Um, he, yep. um, he calls, I mean, if you want to take a deep dive, I've been taking a really deep dive this last year on his programs for happiness. It's what he calls yes. them. Yep. And you guys have probably talked about that before, but if, if, if you can trace whatever's going on along here up to the surface down to one of those, almost every time you're then at the core of an actual human, you know, yeah. need. so it's, it's power and control esteem and affection and security and safety. Those three, yep. they're just our yep. base instincts. Yes. But a lot of the time we're not aware of them. And so we're trying to feed them in other ways that aren't helping. Yeah. Yes. This is, yeah. this is what we do with, with Christian leaders. And we, yeah. Keating is, is working in a Roman Catholic tradition right. and it's a little broader than just him. Um, but we name those things power as significance and intimacy, uh, affection as belonging. Okay. And, security but yeah. but you're right so what we find is we we call them created needs like these are the things that god put this is what it means to be human is that we're mm -hmm. given authority and power mm -hmm. we we have connection and belonging with with him and other people 
and that we, we will be taken care of and we can uh, live in safety. Yeah. And so when, when we get cut off from the source of that, uh, what happens is we create idols that we seek those good ends through mm-hmm. that can't provide the things God requires. Yeah. Um, gosh, we could talk to you guys for like oh, six wow. hours about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel oh, yeah. all the appointments. I, yeah. uh, can I tell you, uh, you have a beach not to go to, so we, we don't want to keep <laughs> uh, It closes at 10 a.m. right now still. They haven't opened it past 10 a.m. Oh, wow. Okay. wow. Um, one, the question in this book that's that's haunting me, can I can I share that with you? Sure. Um, um, in, a, in a good way, um, was the question, how are you suffering? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sat with that question. Uh, so I, I asked myself that question and you know, you get the tingling behind like your face and maybe in your belly that you're going to cry. Every time mm-hmm. I say that question out loud, there's some, my body's like, are we going to do this? Are you going to let it, you going to let it go? Uh, and I'm always like, Nope, I'm busy. I got things to do. <laughs> but the question, I don't have are, time to be transformed. I God. Get it out. Uh, uh, question, how are you suffering? I'm immediately confronted with the fact that I don't believe suffering sadness is holy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, like, I'm not trying to believe that. I don't want to believe that. I, if this was a seminary class and you were my professor, Jim, I would not circle that as the right answer. But my bot, my bones believe that suffering is not where God is. Um, Could you maybe help us, those of us who need to learn how to, not only answer how we're we suffering, but suffer well. Like, what what do we do? Maybe just help me, Jim. Is what I'm. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a little therapy session here. Oh goodness! So there's so there's a couple of things that come to my mind. One, I think I'll share my own story from that chapter because it was life changing for me. But before mm-hmm. but before I share that, um, you know, we just came through Easter, and it was so odd because we didn't get to actually gather. We were watching our pastor yeah. online. It was, yeah. but I mean. Think about the cosmic Easter story. It's the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Jesus walked it all. The dying, the waiting, and the rising. And it, it's not just a nice little salvation, you know, blip. It's, I think it's a pattern. It's a pattern. We can all see it in our lives, right? I don't have to prove this, this to you that this goes on over and over and over in nature in our own lives. And I think somehow to come to terms with that and, and marry that with Mother Teresa's idea of the suffering Christ, yeah. the suffering Christ, is it, is it okay to um, uh, hang out with? What's the fancy word for hang out with? <laughs> hang, you know. Um, commune. commune. Maybe that's a good, commune with the suffering Christ to love Jesus for what he did and to let him love us in those places Mm. um, as well. And so my own journey, turning point, a big turning point in my life was about 12 years ago, I had um, an issue with my lower back. There was a disc extrusion and it led to nerve pain, Mm. which is something that I did not know existed. It's a different Mm. level. I've had three cesareans. Mm. Okay. That's, that hurts. Yeah. The recovery from that is hard. Nerve pain is like that times. I don't even know 10, a hundred, whatever scale you're on. Mm. 
And I could not escape it. It was pulsing, throbbing all the way down my left leg, unrelentlessly. I was crawling to the bathroom. I, could, I barely made it to the van for all of my therapy appointments. It was um, physical therapy, although I probably needed the other kind of therapy too. <laughs> but in the week that the real bad pain was happening, we were still trying to get a diagnosis, and Alan was driving me to uh, the, an MRI appointment. And I was laying in the back seat of the van. I had earbuds in like this. And I was listening to really loud worship music. I was just trying to drown out my body's mm -hmm. pain. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this song was quite meaningful at the time. It was the the chorus was "You're my everything. You're my everything." You're, it just kept repeating it over and over and over. And in the midst of this song, I had this sense, which I can only describe. I don't know if I can describe it. It's physical and emotional and spiritual all at once. I just had this sense that God was with me. Hmm. Now, of course, my prayer was, take this away. Right. But in the worst pain of my life, God broke in, and the sensation of it was only about three seconds. But the message was, I'm here. Now, if that happens while your body is on fire, it marks you. And so I'll be real, for the next few months as I recovered, I wasn't basking in the glow of that. I was suffering every day with this pain. This story that I'm telling you now comes because that moment was real hmm. and it changed me. So now there is a difference in me of my knowing God's presence. It's not intellectual. It went beyond just me going, oh, yeah, God's real. Oh, God's mm -hmm. real. It, it, something else happened. And so to me, that's the center of this idea of how are you suffering? I mean, and so um, a phrase to put after that would be, how are you suffering? Jesus is there. Mm -hmm. Right? And if we could grow to embrace that. Now, we don't want to call. I'm not sitting here calling pain fun and good. Yeah, right, right. right. But I'm so, saying it still happens. It's still real in many of our lives in many different ways. Yeah. How could I encounter God in it? Yeah. I think the other thing that I would say uh, is that other kinds of pain, emotional pain or relational pain or vocational pain, um, mm -hmm. those have actually ended up being the places where we recognized our great need for grace. Yeah. Um, when all went well and everything was, you know, joyful and triumphant, um, we didn't need grace. When things were hard, when things hurt, when things didn't work right, when <laughs> things went bad and we'd prayed desperately that they'd go well, these all became places of encountering God in his grace, in God's grace. And, um, I prayed that God would help me grow in grace. I want yeah. that very much. And yeah. it was hard to realize that these places were a place where God could answer the prayer I had been praying for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. 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 That's the, I mean, that's the, that's the hard truth here. I think is that it's almost like we can't really learn to live in grace until we need it. 
Like we can't really learn to live in grace until we actually need some, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. and, and that's, uh, that's the difficult truth, but also a very real, I mean, your testimony, Jem is, uh, is beautiful. Um, because it, it's just, it's just real. Like God met you. There's this mystery to it. I mean, I, I, you know, you can't explain, am I more certain about it now? I don't know. I just, there's a deeper knowing. There's a deeper knowing that God is with me and that sustains me. Yeah. 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 Gosh. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I love, uh, I love all the resonances uh, in this book uh, with, with the work that we do. And one of the things right at the end of the book that I'd love for you guys to outline for us is um, kind of the posture you have for transformation, the, the ongoing transformation, how to, how to think about kind of be present to your life in, in a way that, that invites ongoing transformation and you call it um, open, aware and willing. I mean, it's very similar to kind of a process we train people in. I wonder if you guys could uh, outline what you mean by that. Um, what does it mean to be open, aware and willing and how, how does, how what we actually do then, you know, in these, in these experiences uh, to, to be able to open ourselves to the transformation that uh, God can bring. Yeah. Well, this, uh, this process um, was an answer to a prayer that I prayed um, hmm. Actually, the the outline of the book is an answer to the to a prayer I prayed many years ago. Hmm. Um, I asked God uh, in in a time where I was kind of up on a vista, like you know how you do you're doing well sometimes, and you're like you just want to assess how you know what's going on. Yeah. I just asked God, um, how did I get here? How did this happen? Hmm. I like what you've done so far, Lord. <laughs> how you know how did this, I, I? You talked about compassionate, curious awareness. I love that hmm. phrase because. Um, I'm, I'm curious how I want to know how hmm. things work. So hmm. I asked that question, how did I get here? And these ideas of, um, it wasn't in this beautiful question form, you know, that happens when you write a book, yeah, but, but, yeah. but all of these ideas came over the course of a year as I just held that question before God. Hmm. And later on, I don't know how long after that, I asked another similar question. And this idea of open, aware and willing came from a, from a prayer time. Hmm. And um, again, I held the question and I just waited and watched for the ways God wanted to point out the answers. And so I just thought back over my life. What I think the question for that one was um, what more, what was the process of me being a person who's willing to walk a path of transformation? Hmm. I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly. Right. But I know I've been doing my best to cooperate yeah. with what I th can perceive God's doing. Yeah. How did that keep happening? And mm -hmm. open, aware, and willing emerged from that. So what I realized mm -hmm. first was, I'm open. I'm, I'm actually open to this. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good question to ask yourself. Are you open to change? Mm. And that one could take a while. You don't have to answer that again, you know, <laughs> because you might yeah. want to say, well, of course I'm open to change. I'd love to be all I can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but sometimes our actions belie what, what we believe because we will be our own brake pedal. Right. Yeah. Or, I think of Jesus. You know, I, I want relief. Um, yeah. I don't really want to yeah. change. <laughs> I just want some right. relief. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want, I want Advil, not surgery. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. so then I guess let's be fair. There's different answers and levels to that question. And, and again, all of these questions that we throw out and yeah. even all the words, you can live with all of them for any length of time. So ask yeah. yourself if you're open. And then yeah. after open, I'm like, yeah, I'm open. Um, well, once you're open, 
then just proactively start noticing things. So that's where mm. awareness comes in. Now, if you're open, are you aware? Mm. Are you awake? Are you looking for mm. clues or even bigger, you know, things God is showing you? Can yeah. Again, it's all about cooperation, right? God is initiating. We found out from Philippians 1, 6, our memory verse mm -hmm. from when we were 12 mm -hmm. years old. Yeah. Um, so I'm just practicing responding to the initiations of God. So I do that by being aware. Okay. And then now once you're open and you're watching, now you have to ask yourself if you're willing to do something about it. Mm. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you're just on a you're just on this slow little path of being someone who takes action when you when you know what to do. Yeah. So and yeah. are you willing? Yeah. And when I um, was in counseling, I love this too. I, I love to throw this one out because some people, again, it's just not a quick, are you willing? Well, yes, I'm willing. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends, doesn't it, on how hard this is going to get. Yeah. So if yeah. you come up against a hard thing, um, another layer you can take this to is, are you willing to be willing? Yeah. Right? And it's okay to start there. Start yeah. where you actually are. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yep, really helpful. I mean, it sounds so simple when you say it like that. Uh, it it seems obvious, right? It feels obvious, but you're, this is some of the most important work we'll ever do as leaders, um, is to really tend to these things and uh, be honest with ourselves enough to, uh, to to practice these things and walk through them. So, um, for, uh, thank you so much for spending time with us, guys. This uh, mm. this has been great. Um, as we've said a couple times already, uh, I feel like we could you know cancel the rest of our uh, day and just keep talking. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, reminisce about Dallas Willard a little bit more. I don't yes. know, we'll, you know, um, but I, I really love this book. Um, thank you guys for um, sharing it with the world. Uh, it really does read. You guys mentioned uh, early in the book, kind of like an Ignatian spirituality, like Ignatius's mm -hmm. exercises, um, and it really does read in that same way. So I, I want to commend it to our, our our listeners, just as it it reads like as you read these questions, you don't come away with a little bit more intellectual information, you know, for your next sermon um, or counseling appointment, you come away, I mean, that you might, but uh, you really come away with a sense of, oh, here's an exercise. Here's practically how I can tend to this question now mm -hmm. and see how God might be at work through asking this question of my life. So it really does function like eight exercises, eight spiritual mm -hmm. exercises that you can walk mm -hmm. through. Um, and so I would, I would commend it to all of our listeners um, who, you know, if you uh, if you want to if you want if you're open to change and transformation, uh, this might be a good uh, tool uh, yes. for you to open up your awareness and your willingness uh, to yes. enter into it. So, and even if you only want to want to read it, just if you only buy just it, order it, put it right under your pillow. <laughs> yes, uh, oh, that's someone good. will come through osmosis through the pillow. How how can people connect with you? I know that you lead, you do spiritual direction, and how can people get in touch with that? Yeah, so both of us are spiritual directors, and we also do formation coaching. So um, you can just go to unhurriedliving.com, and every way to connect with us there is right there on that front page. Mm -hmm. And you can follow us on the socials, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Um, but yeah, check out unhurriedliving.com. Great. Well, lovely to have you with us. Um, we'll put those links in the show notes if anybody wants to reach out. Um, thanks again. Really it's great it. to be with you both. Thanks yeah. for the time. Yeah, love awesome. chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. 
Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.